Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Decided to sleep in? Missed your favorite morning show? Yeah, don't worry. It's the Morning After Podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With their pre-owned personal shopper, your requests will be personally handled by their team of salespeople, sales managers, and vehicle buyers, meaning you got someone looking out for you the whole way. And with easy-peasy loan approval, they've got you taken care of in a way that doesn't require a social security number or trigger a credit inquiry. So go check them out, Treasure Valley Subaru at the Idaho Center. Now, for Nick and Big J. Take it away, boys. Well, good morning, everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to Wednesday. It is the 15th day of February 2023. The morning after Valentine's Day, Big J. How was it for you? It was good. Nice. What'd you do? Hung out, man. So I was, told you the wife had to work, so well, I, I didn't really have anything to but do. But you also told me yesterday that you had plans that you weren't going to tell me, so I thought I would follow up so that people would know what you had planned. Well, so I mean, maybe... some of that is personal. <laughs> For Jesus' sake! Well, which is that's what you said yesterday too. But I didn't. I don't talk. I'm not talking about. Wait, well, your only plans involve making sweet, sweet yes. love. Yes. Oh God, yes. All right. Well, uh, then listen. Isn't that what Valentine's Day is about? I've stopped being interested in that part. I thought maybe you were doing something romantic or something special that maybe uh, somebody could, you know, almost take like a tip of the day from back you in the old spe- morning you know after heyday. Special. Huh. I came home. Nice. Uh, that is special, really, because you've been talking about not doing that forever, right? It's always been a threat <laughs> That's to the right. wife. Yes, exactly. One day I'm I just won't not come, come home. home. One day I just won't be here. I just won't return from work, and then you'll be sorry. I believe is the uh, line. <laughs> so, uh, if it, hopefully it was a good Valentine's Day for you, and you enjoyed it. Did you did the, did you get anything that you didn't know was a Valentine's Day gift already? No, no, we, we were doing Valentine gifts. I know, but you say sometimes uh, you get stuff in advance, and then you're like, "This is your Valentine's Day gift." Oh, That's no, your relationship. No. So none of that happened. No, there was no exchanging of anything other than bodily fluids, of course. Uh, well, welcome to Wednesday. We have ourselves an opportunity for you to get a movie review from Big J. That's what it sounds like he did on Valentine's Day. Watched Amsterdam at some point, and he will give you a review of that movie. Very from, romantic. Uh, it certainly was, uh, if you're into love triangles. And, of course, we also have an opportunity for you to uh, check out Static X. They're coming to town on the 3rd of March. Your tickets will be up for grabs today. We would like you to go to that, so you're going to want to stick around for that opportunity. Also, we have an, uh, we're going to hell story that should make you very, very happy. That's on the way in the 7 o'clock hour, so it should be a decent Wednesday show. That, at least, is our goal. But we also play music on this program, so let's kick things off with some Everlast what it's like here on the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X. In the news today. The morning after with Nick and Big J. Always nice when somebody from the state of Idaho goes on to do good things. Agree or disagree, Big J? Yeah, finally. And uh, we had a first last night on your television if you happen to watch a TV show that is pretty well known called Jeopardy. And uh, there was a contestant on Jeopardy named Dr. Kendra Westerhouse. And she became the first ever Idaho State University graduate to win on Jeopardy last night. So congratulations. She graduated from ISU with both the psychology program and the clinical psychology graduate program. And she is the first person ever, the bangle, to win at Jeopardy. There's been several people from Idaho. We've had former guests of the morning after that were Jeopardy champions on this very show. 
But the first time ever somebody from Idaho State University has donned the crown. She will return to Jeopardy to try for a repeat victory this evening. If you would like to watch her on Channel 2, you certainly can. That's where they air the uh, Jeopardy program. So congratulations to the good doctor. Cool. And here's hoping she goes on a run and uh, and makes uh, Idaho look fantastic or continues to. Anyway, this should not surprise anybody, but the Las Vegas Raiders released Eric Carr on Tuesday. Uh, that's basically because the quarterback decided he did not want to waive his no-trade clause. The Saints were the only team that really uh, got into trade talks with the Raiders for lots of reasons. I don't think it's lack of interest. I think it's because he had a huge contract and not a lot of teams wanted to pick that up. Yeah, yeah. And so they have an opportunity. And also Derek Carr can go wherever he wants to now at this point. So uh, I don't think he'll have any problem finding a suitor because uh, the Panthers and the Jets and the uh, Saints are already, yes. Well, the Colts don't appear. They didn't throw their hat in the ring just yet. But there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. I'll put it that way. And having somebody that's only been in the league for a couple of years uh, still in his early 30s and also the leading passer and touchdown thrower for an entire franchise uh, on the free agent market does not suck. I'm sure he'll do just fine. But we'll see where he ends up as the free agency period starts. Also in the NFL, Big J, every single team now has a head coach. The searches are over. As the Philadelphia Eagles got pillaged yesterday as the Arizona Cardinals hired their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, and the Indianapolis Colts hired their offensive coordinator, Steve Steichen. So now every single NFL team has their best or new head coach, I should say, trying to put their best foot forward. So we'll see. Of course, both those coaches lost in the Super Bowl, but uh, that's why they were waiting until after the Super Bowl before the teams named their head coaches. So uh, they have an opportunity. This is, both, of course, a first-time opportunity for both of those coaches in this particular year. Those of you that are interested, like myself, will be happy to know that uh, Apple TV has announced the season three premiere date for Ted Lasso. It is going to be happening on March 15th. They shared the first teaser for the new season. The sports comedy is set to return on that day. But unlike the other seasons, Apple TV is taking a note from some other people's books. And they're going to do releasing a new episode every single week. And not all at once like they have done with the first two seasons of Ted Lasso. I believe they understand that it's uh, one of their most uh, you know popular programs. And to keep people coming back to the app, you should release something every week. And that works. That just means I'll be tuning in in 8 to 10 weeks after it's all done and watching. Yeah, you're not putting up with that. What is this, 2020? Get out of here. I binge watch stuff. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff for the 6 o'clock hour. That is Metallica. That is Luxie Turna here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. And I've got terrible news, everyone. You dropped the ball. Uh, we've been they warning did, you. Or me. Uh, I, I don't Well, listen, I, I don't think you'll admit to it, but uh, I don't nope. know what the truth of it is. I usually admit things. I'm, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, but the reality of the situation is yesterday was Valentine's Day. We tried to warn you in advance that it would be a good idea for you to have some sort of plan going into the big day so that you actually had something to do. And the reality of it is, according to a brand new YouGov poll, most women in relationships, 63% say Valentine's Day was a disappointment in some way, shape, or form. 
Uh, it was a disappointment to them. Uh, nearly 50% of women say they were disappointed by a romantic partner who didn't do enough for Valentine's Day. Uh, 64% of, P- of women say that they basically are consistently disappointed on Valentine's Day, which is never good. And if you flip it around, Big J, only 23% of men felt the same way. If you're wondering what age bracket of women are most likely to be disappointed, those between the ages of 35 and 50 were the ones that say that their husband, their significant other, they did not put in enough effort for their Valentine's Day. 57% say basically uh, one they, they told their significant other they don't want to do anything for Valentine's Day because they knew they'd be disappointed, but they still wanted some sort of effort, either a card or dinner, and usually they didn't get either of those things. And so uh, they, uh, 45% of women in that same age bracket say they tell their significant other they don't want to do anything for Valentine's Day because that's what they think their significant other wants to hear. And so it just seems like it's a wave of disappointment for uh, the females on Valentine's Day because they don't feel like any effort is put in from their significant other. Uh, The other interesting thing is the uh, women of ages 35 to 50 that were most disappointed, most of them were either married or in a committed relationship for over 10 years. So there's that. I believe there's some sort of... I don't know. Maybe it's just comfort factor. Maybe it's just you've been together so long and sometimes those romantic gestures, those little things that you used to do when things started up just kind of go the way of the dodo. But you've said on multiple occasions, this is the agreement that you both have. And so I don't think your wife is lying to you, but you know her better than you than I do. So maybe she's telling you she doesn't want to do anything for Valentine's Day because she knows that's what you want to hear. I mean, I, I woke up sometime around 11 o'clock and I heard crying, but I mean... Listen, that's normal though, isn't it? No. Oh, oh no. So maybe I did drop the ball. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it didn't happen. I think part of this too is like maybe the a lot of these folks like, you know, on a regular basis, they don't do anything. That could be, yeah, you know, they I didn't mean, get into the, the other. Because the expectations here are getting crazy and wild for Valentine's Day and always have been. Um, and so, you know, I think men have always felt like, yeah, they got to try to reach that. But after a period of time, they probably just get tired of having to try to uh, attempt some sort of miracle uh, day every day, uh, every year. When it really comes down to you should, there shouldn't be anything special that you're doing that you're not doing on a regular basis to show the person you're with that you love them. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's really like three days a I year mean, I where... Mean, why is there a regular day that just for... It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I think it's, most people can probably admit that. Well, yes, but it, you know, you could also say that for every holiday uh, on the calendar for the most part. But I mean, you know, really there's three days a year where if you're in a relationship, you got to step your game up at least a little bit. One of those is Valentine's Day. The other one is a birthday. The third is usually Christmas. And I can understand after 10, 15 years... It's either you've done the best that you can do, or it's difficult to top something that you've done in the past, and therefore, and there could be a little bit of fatigue that sets in, but I don't even think that that's what they're looking for. I don't think you have to hit a grand slam every time you hit a holiday benchmark. I think, you know, if they say, hey, listen, we don't have to do anything for Valentine's Day, but you get them a card and just say, hey, listen, don't think, I mean, I know we're not doing anything crazy, but I'm thinking of you, that might actually do the job, especially if you've gone to that agreement because it at least shows that you know what you're thinking you're putting forth a little bit of effort and there's something there but i think too often if somebody gives us a pass we're just like i'm taking that bleeping pass let's go 
I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And sometimes I can understand that from the other side of things, also being like, man, really? No effort whatsoever? That can probably be also a little bit frustrating. So I understand both ends of the argument. Of course, every relationship is different, and what you guys think of and agree to is all good as far as I'm concerned. But I can understand if somebody said, hey, I know it's Valentine's Day. I know it's majority of it is a female-based holiday. You don't have to do anything. And then not doing anything, them kind of going, oh, I guess I kind of thought there'd be something. Nothing like stupid, out of control. You need to buy me a trip somewhere. But I thought maybe, you know, running down to the gas station and grabbing a flower wouldn't suck. But uh, every, again, every relationship is different. And I understand it going forward. But just know, even if they're not talking about it, if you are in a relationship and you did nothing, odds are there was a little bit of disappointment there. And I'm sorry to relay that, relay that information to you, Big J. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Big J spent his Valentine's Day watching Amsterdam on HBO Max. We'll get a full, full movie review from him next on the X-Rocks. That is Nirvana. That is dumb here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. It was a box office bomb, but it has made its way to HBO Max. You selected a movie called Amsterdam for streaming dumbass for Big J yesterday. Here's what we find out. if it, What was it all about and if Big J enjoyed it? Big J, please. Yeah, uh, Amsterdam, and it's got an, uh, an all-star cast. I mean, it's just ridiculous who's in this movie. Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington. Uh, you've got Chris Rock, Camilla around in here michael shannon mike myers taylor swift timothy oliphant zoe salandar rami malik robert de niro uh you got ed bigley jr so you've got uh, you've got quite the cast here, uh, ensemble style, and uh, it is a movie set uh, in uh, the late 1800s, or like, I'm sorry, late 19, 1920s uh, during uh, World War One. It starts off with, and you've got these three main characters here, Christian Bale's uh, character, Bert, uh, Margot Robbie, Robbie's uh, Valerie, and uh, John David Washington's Harold, and so uh, they end up uh, becoming uh, friends uh, because uh, Christian Bale and John David Washington's characters both in the same unit. Uh, and they get in- injured in World War One, and Margot Robbie is, is uh, I think, a nurse, and she's taking care of them, and they become really close friends, and they create a pact, and they end up living together in Amsterdam, Nick. Mm-hmm. And uh, John David Washington's character and Margot Robbie's character uh, start a thing. They get uh, they get together, and at some point, that pact, uh, just, they kind of go their separate ways uh, and, and return to America, uh, Christian Bale and John David Washington, and and the, the group kind of, you know, loses touch with each other after some time. And then a, uh, a situation brings them back together, a crime. And uh, you get set the rest of this movie in the 30s. And it basically turns into them trying to stop uh, the Nazis from forming a government here in America. It's it's a uh, is it any good, Big J? So here's the thing. Um, you know, it uh, it was a bomb at the box office and it. You know the story of it, how it kind of comes together, is sort of clumsy. Like uh, you're kind of not sure what's really going on here until you get uh, almost to three quarters of the movie being over, and you finally kind of okay, here's why this is happening, and and this is you know you've got good performances from the actors, and and I think that you know like a lot of these cameo situations here with some of these stars, you know, could get wasted. I think 
I don't think that necessarily is the case. I think when you see overall, when you get to the end of the movie, you're like, okay, I understand why this is here and this is here, but it is kind of a messy plot-driven movie, uh, and, and I can see why a lot of people wouldn't like it, but when you get to the end, um, you know, I've kind of had the feeling like, you know what, I, deci I decided I liked the movie. I thought that it was a decent ride, and, you know, some of that glitz and glam that was in there uh, as a part of the storytelling, I kind of got where it was coming from, from David O. Russell, who's the director, and I think he wrote this as well. Yes. Um, so, uh, and he he's uh, done this sort of thing before, but, uh, you know, critics didn't really like this movie much at all. I think I remember you going to the movie and saying you were disappointed. Uh, well, I, I, for a lot of the reasons that you talked about, you just ended up liking it more than, than I did. I felt like it was a movie that somewhere there's a four-hour cut of this movie is what I thought. I mean, it, because, because it's there's just so much stuff going on and none of it really goes anywhere until it all kind of ends up somewhere at the end. And then, like, the, the big crazy thing is it's also legitimately a true story that actually happened in the United States, which is even more bananas when you think about it in those terms. But, like, because they show actual I mean, footage... loosely based. Well, but, I mean, they show actual footage of what had happened with De Niro's character. Like, that really happened. Like, he was recruited by the Nazi party to try to make this thing a real thing in the United States, and he shot it down. And you're like, wow, but, like, part of the movie is very strange. Like, I mean, you know, Christian Bale's got so much going on. Very clear he's a drug addict. Very very clear that there's all sorts of other things going on in his head and he's also not a very good guy and then there's this romance happening between Margot Robbie that he's jealous I mean it's all very weird and I don't and then and oh by the way they're also spies and it's like yeah, yeah. whoa it's a there, lot going there's on. a lot going on. instead of just making it like a, a noir kind of detective movie which it probably could have been right uh, they they threw in a whole like different thing so you know I can, I can understand that um, I feel like in the end it came together enough for me to enjoy uh, everybody performances and, and you know a decent movie and uh, you could you could do far worse yes you're right uh, then so. the other part of it was I felt like at some point like all of the really famous people being in the movie became a distraction because there was yeah, so little well, for everybody to do that it was just like, oh, there's him, there's her, there's him. And then you're like, what are they even talking about? What's see, happening? See, and so I felt that way until you get to the end and you get to that last act and some of them reintroduce themselves and you figure out why they were there to begin with. It's crazy. So, uh, I, you know, I didn't find it as, as nearly uh, as bad as you did in that end. But uh, you know what? I mean, it's one of those things you just, you know, it's an interesting ride. It's it's worth at least checking out, I think, because the other parts of the movie, like cinematography, all that stuff is pretty good in this movie. So well. it sounds like Amsterdam is Big J. Yeah, approved. I'm going to prove it. All right. Not, not the greatest movie you'll ever see, but, you know, you could do worse. And now I believe at this point you are fully latched on to the Anya Taylor-Joy bandwagon. Uh, do you enjoy her work at this point? She was one of the, the, the people in this movie I liked least. <laughs> The whole her so, and the Remy Malik thing was a very weird angle and thing for me as well. It was a very strange. Yeah, her character in particular was pretty off-putting uh, <laughs> at the end. Yes, yeah. So maybe that tarnished. Yeah. And by the way, probably the most fun cameo thing in this is Timothy Olyphant. I, I agree. I enjoy Timothy as well. Like the other part of it, like I, I mean, while I enjoy both of their work really, really well, I I don't I don't know if the Michael Shannon Mike Myers dynamic worked as the comic relief that they wanted it to. I don't it know. Felt I, I really it, weird to that, me. Again, that last act, I thought it was pretty funny. So uh, Big J says, check it out. It is called Amsterdam. It is another win on streaming dumbass, courtesy of you. I don't know if you were that excited to watch it going in, to be perfectly honest, but you come out approving it, so check it out. It's on HBO Max if you'd like to watch it. <laughs>
newsfeed. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big do you still hold a very anti-Apple stance? You are against all things I mean, iOS. against them? I, I, I don't know about it. Against them. Like, uh... You refuse to uh, to purchase anything for your own use. Sometimes there are things in your house that are beyond your control, but you're not a fan. Let me yeah, put it that I, way. I, I continue to stave off the inevitability, I think, of, of some point of ending up with an iPhone because the rest of the family uses it. But, I mean, how does that affect you in any way? I it doesn't affect me, but it's them complaining. They go, oh, we have to see your stupid message on our iPhone and how it's not the same. And it's just, listen, I'm taking a beating, but I'm hanging in there, okay? I can't face the. There are a couple things that are pretty cool about iPhones, sure. but not enough to make up for the other stuff that isn't cool. Uh, speaking of not cool, Apple had to release a security update yesterday to its operating systems because there was a gigantic security flaw that was leading a bunch of information and hackers to jump on board. Such updates are pretty common, but uh, the company said in the announcement that the issue may have been actively exploited, meaning hackers could have taken advantage of the issue to access some Apple devices. They're still learning the entire kind of impact of what they had out there. They don't know what was released and what wasn't, but Apple issued a security update for its uh, latest iPhone and iPad products, as well as its Safari web browser because of it. And security updates for Apple TV as well as Apple Watches are going to be coming uh, by Monday of next week. So when you see those little notifications pop up, no, it's because hackers could have access to your device and they want to make sure it's as safe as possible. So sometimes people put those off, sometimes people don't do them at all, but it is probably this time around, at least according to Apple, important to make sure you run the updates on whatever piece of technology from Apple you have. So just a heads up so that people, you know, don't walk off with your bank account or something, you understand? Yeah. Or your Apple wallet or the whatever the equivalent of that is. Major League Baseball plans to emphasize enforcement of the bulk rule in 2023, Big J. That should get you all excited, shouldn't it? It's starting to implement some sweeping rule changes, including a pitch clock that will focus a little bit more on the arcane rule as well. uh, Because they feel like umpires have slipped a little bit in calling uh, illegal pitches in bulks. And so that, coupled with runners on second base and extra innings, should make everybody happy and want to tune into baseball again, shouldn't it? Well, at least they're trying to do something. I know, but bulks are so, like, first of all, I mean, there's not there's not enough of it happening for it to be uh, whatever is considered a rampant problem. But nobody is uh, tuning out of baseball because not enough bulks are involved. Well, I mean, let's start with something. At least, you know, <laughs> the NBA, the NFL, even the NHL, they've advanced some of their rules to, to modern times. Baseball has not done that. Yeah. And they got to start somewhere. Well, the, 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 the way that they do that then is by uh, implementing a uh, hard and fast strike zone and not by calling bulks. That that sure. that's, well, that's 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 a hard thing to. How do you make that a rule what though? You, when it when it's when it's the umpires though are being, uh, you know, I mean, they're it's it's a, a, almost opinionated. Right, but that's part of the problem is that the strike zone fluctuates not only from inning to inning and umpire to umpire, but pitch to pitch sometimes. And as a fan, it can be maddening. As a baseball player, it can be, you know, costly. And if it can be done in the world of tech, like you can call real-time balls and strikes by watching a baseball game. If you can do that, if you have the technology to do that on a telecast, you have the technology to do that on the field. I'm not saying umpires can't still come in hand from time to time, but I think regulating the strike zone will A, speed up the game, B, make it fairer, B, C, make it more competitive, and D, make it more entertaining to watch. 
And those are the things that baseball needs. I understand that, yes, umpires and their mistakes have always been part of it, but we're at a point now where they don't have to be. They were that way because it was the way it had to be because technology hadn't caught up to it yet. Now we're at a point where it's like, what are we doing? Yes, I understand that there are some, you know, truists and purists that want to be involved in baseball, but if you want to drag this sport in the 21st century where it's fully still struck, stuck in the 20th, then you're going to have to implement some technology, and I'm not just talking about challenges. These are things that are readily available for you that you're just refusing to use because, quote, that's the way it's always been. Well, guess what? You're now the fourth most popular major league sport in the United States of America. You need to do something to shake it up. Bulks are not it. Putting guys on second base aren't it. Figuring out a way to implement technology and make it a little bit more competitive and fair would probably be a step in the right direction, but I don't think they'll ever do it. Big J, the internet broke yesterday because we got our first picture of Lady Gaga in the Joker sequel, Fa Adu, which will be coming up uh, very, very soon. Uh, and of course, Big J, uh, you know, it was, uh, the director uh, ended up posting it to his Instagram for, as at Valentine's Day. It was a picture of uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga in the movie Joker, I'm guessing. But uh, she's supposed to be Harley. But listen, she looks exactly like <laughs> like Lady Gaga in that picture. So, I mean, it's not like it's, you know, full Harley Quinn makeup and costuming in it. It's basically the Joker wearing some faded clown makeup in the face of Lady Gaga. But, it's a weird thing. Everybody's weird, excited. Man. I agree. And don't forget, this is also a musical. <laughs> don't forget. I am not excited about it. This movie is also I am not excited about this. Listen, I, uh, while the I Joker thought, was fine. Leave it alone. The Joker was fine. Also, I, it's, it's, it's not a fun movie. I had no, I have no interest in going back it seem, to since, that movie yeah. at all. Like, I mean, I saw it and that's cool, but like, I don't want to go back to that universe at all because it's so depressing and sad dark. and dark. It's like too real. Yes. Yes. We got enough of that. Yes. That's and that's an example, Nick, when I say that I'm not into something because it's too, you know, like I've got enough of that around me. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I mean. Well, we both enjoyed the movie and yes. thought it was very good. Yes. yes. And Joaquin Phoenix was great in it, but yes, I have zero interest in re- revisiting that character or even that movie by by that case. But listen, it made a billion dollars, so you have to understand it's going to come yeah. back around. But the fact that they're making it a musical. So hopefully it's just it's a bomb and we can move on. It won't be. Morning after what? with Nick. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna it's make terrible? a ton of money. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't listen, terrible movies make money all the time. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. We're going to hell. What the hell? The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. Sadly, Big J, or at least, uh, I guess, good news for me in a lot of ways, I don't know a lot about drug running. Not one of those subjects I'm very well versed in, but I'm guessing that if you are to be a successful drug runner, Really, your job is to get the drugs from point A to point B. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. Avoid yeah, detection. Yes. Don't want to get caught. Those are your responsibilities. And sometimes you get caught. But you don't want to add fuel to the fire. And there's a story coming out of Florida with a person named James Phillips that got himself in a little bit of trouble. I'm guessing that, you know, it's probably good to have your wits about you if you are carrying a large amount of drugs illegally from point A to point B. The one thing or maybe two things you don't want to do when you're a drug runner for 
a gigantic drug ring is have a trunk full of cocaine and then get completely hammered and then decide to make your drug run, right? That seems like bad decision-making. So James Phillips has strike one against him as he is deciding to run this car with a truck full of cocaine uh, at 1.20 in the morning, and he is completely hammered. So there's mistake number one. Never drink and drive. That's not a good idea. And then mistake number two, Big J, is when he was so drunk that he ran into not one, but two different police cars that were pulled over the side of the road. How was that even on the free? Well, he was hammered. That's why. He was well, very, very drunk. Uh, yes, or they were, were they separated they by were miles. They were pulled over on an I- t- taking care of an incident oh, okay. on the side of the okay. freeway, and he <laughs> sideswiped two police cars. I thought it was two random incidents. And I'm no. like, whoa. No. But it happened uh, uh, basically off of I-95 in Florida at 1.20 in the morning uh, last week, which is not good. So he was obviously drunk, swerved over into the side of the road, sideswiped two police cars, continued driving. Police obviously went after him. He was able to get pulled over. But the uh, when they did pull over the 39-year-old's Mitsubishi Outlander, they realized that not only was he very inebriated, but when they did a search of a vehicle, sure enough, Big J, they turned over about 25 pounds of cocaine and a bunch of firearms. So that's a lot of illegal things happening in the back of this Mitsubishi when you're absolutely hammered. Uh, and then, by the way, as they did more investigation, Big J, they found out the vehicle also was stolen. So this is just not a good day for James Phillips. He did not Bad have a good his run. job. Yeah, he might be one of the worst drug runners that are out there. You're absolutely correct. Because that just seems like a lot of mistakes were made in a short amount of time. I wonder what his HR review looks like. It's probably not great. I guarantee you he's getting written up. I can almost promise you that. Written up means killed in jail. (laughs) So, again, I don't know how to do that job well or correctly, but I'm guessing these are things that, that you do not do. I'm not sure there's not there's a lot of rules in drug running, but I'm guessing hitting police cars and being hammered while you're doing it, probably not on the to I want to stick with the HR uh, bit here for a second okay. and be like, he's probably the the, the star in the, the videos of what not to do in their training videos. Right. The really bad acting, yeah. like this is a situation you don't want to be caught in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So uh, it's not a good idea. And certainly don't do any of those things. But I'd love to see the videos the truck runners have to watch. You think they have to go through sexual harassment training? Absolutely. Morning after with Nick and Big J. It is, it is important. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X Rocks. Oh. Right. That is Lincoln Park. That is one step closer here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. I don't have enough money to give you financial advice. And certainly past performance is not indicative of future results. But uh, I want to make sure that uh, I can give you some ideas of maybe what you should or shouldn't do or could or couldn't avoid. And I think maybe, perhaps I'm wrong, were you and the wife kicking around maybe picking up another property, maybe doing some like rental stuff or some Airbnb stuff or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but that was before it got really right crazy. But it is, you know, that's literally one oh. of the most popular ways for people to supplement their income in the United yeah. States right now. Oh, we were... We were uh, also considering buying some property in Belize. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, Turning that into yeah. rental property or an Airbnb kind of stuff, right, because, I mean, you've got the cash, you're liquid enough to be able to pull that kind of stuff off, but, you know, there's a lot of people that live in particular places that 
enjoy doing that kind of stuff. And if you have a room or two to rent out or you have a garage that you can turn into a makeshift kind of place, it is a great way to supplement your income as long as you don't live in Idaho. Uh, there's a company called uh, Tapalti that is an accounting company that basically broke down Airbnb and Verbo kind of uh, incomes and basically averaged out how much the average person who uses some of their actual real estate to rent out the property for these overnight stays and stuff, how much it supplements their income. And there's a lot of places where it makes a lot of sense. It probably shouldn't surprise you. What do you think the number one state to have an airbnb or a verbo is probably california no that's number five oh geez okay think a little bit more vacation destination in the united states i I did uh well Uh, okay florida hawaii is number one oh hawaii Uh, by a long shot what an idiot big j god you're dumb it is number one uh place to have a actual uh, airbnb or verbo uh the average person that has one makes about eighty thousand dollars a year in hawaii doing that kind of stuff number two believe it or not this surprised me Tennessee, because Nashville's become such a hot spot for vacations. Yeah. It comes in at number two, $67,000 a year for the average Airbnb or Verbo. Arizona's number three, Colorado's number four, California's five, Florida's six. Then you go into South Carolina, Utah, Oregon, and Alabama. Interestingly yeah, no enough, Montana, huh? uh, Montana is, here's the thing. Uh, interestingly enough, they don't make that much money in, uh, like the states all around us for the most part make a ton of money doing this stuff. But Idaho comes in at number 48 on that list, just ahead of Montana and behind the last, what do you think the 50th state in the United States is for Airbnb? Alaska? Uh, no, it actually that's actually uh, in the top 40. Okay, uh, Mississippi. Nope, it's close to us. It's our neighbor, I'll put it that way. Oh, um, Wyoming? Wyoming is the very last place. Nobody goes to Wyoming on a vacation, I guess, is the point that they're trying to make. But, you know, even once you get down to the top 10, you're talking about uh, people that are making, on average, about $30,000 a year. So it's not a ton of money. And there is money to be made if you have the right kind of property. But, but still, zero to 30000 is pretty good. Correct. I mean, depending on how much money you've put into right. making it an actual Airbnb and how much money you put into it. But they're, they're basically saying, like, it's a great idea in some places, places like Idaho, places like Montana, places like Wyoming, you may be towing the line of, is this a profitable endeavor or have I made a mistake investing in real estate in this particular side of things? So, I mean, it also, I would think, depends on where you do it. Like, I'm guessing if you had an Airbnb in Sun Valley, you're probably doing okay for yourself. Same with Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yes. I mean, that's a place, that's a destination. But, you know, on the whole, not a lot of places that yeah. are that, that to go in yeah, that if particular you, If you've state. got a place in Casper, Wyoming, forget about it. No Nobody's going there. Right. I mean, and you have an Airbnb in Twin Falls. It's probably not doing you as much good as you want it to do. So think about it. uh, If you're thinking about doing this kind of stuff, there is money to be made, but maybe that property is someplace else that you could turn into a profitable kind of thing. So think about it. But it's certainly an opportunity to expand your portfolio, as it were. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your Airbnb and money update. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Nothing about anything is easy these days, but dating certainly falls in that category. And if you have been dating over the last couple of years, odds are at some point in your dating life, you have been ghosted or you have ghosted somebody else. And if that's the case in either kind of column, 
I'm about to make you feel a lot better about things because according to the University of Georgia, uh, it's the way things are and it's fairly common. About two-thirds of people that consider themselves actively dating have ghosted or have been ghosted themselves. Now, of course, if you don't know what the term is, congratulations on your successful relationship, but it also refers to basically ignoring somebody in order to end a relationship, avoiding any kind of communication, not answering, basically going blank on the other end so that the other person, at some point, you hope, gets the uh, at least the hint that, you know what, not interested. Thanks, but no thanks. Don't just say that. Move along. Uh, well, because uh, communication is a struggle for a lot of people. Now, of course, it can hurt if that's the particular case, especially if you felt like there's a romantic connection and the other person didn't. But uh, basically what happens is at this point, ghosting is so common that the pain has almost been removed from the process. So uh, apparently ghosting is the new normal and it's not going away and it happens to pretty much everybody. Uh, And, of course, uh, the good news is at the very beginning, it did affect self-esteem and feelings. Now, so much, it's just like, well, that's part of the deal. I guess I can chalk myself up to have been ghosted. Now, Big J, you've been in a relationship for a very long time. Was ghosting a thing when you were in the dating pool? Uh, I mean, (laughs) I don't know if we call it ghosting. Just ignoring? I think they're psycho. (laughs) Wait, psycho? Or some When somebody didn't return a text message, they became psycho? Or just disappeared? Yes. That yes. could be a thing. Yeah, yeah, that just, happened to me. Actually. It became a term uh, later on in things, and yeah, I mean, it did, I imagine it probably didn't feel good. Did you ever do that to somebody else? No, I would never do that. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so, but you know, it is one of those deals where sometimes it happens for whatever reason, or just a lack of desire, or whatever the case may be. But certainly, much more common and prevalent these days. But just know, if it's happened to you, uh, you're not alone, and you shouldn't feel as bad as maybe you do. Every single NFL team now has a head coach, Big J, as the final two teams that were looking to fill vacancies did so yesterday, both of which with assistant coaches from the Philadelphia Eagles. The Arizona Cardinals hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, and then the Indianapolis Colts hired Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen as their head coach yesterday. So now they're trying to figure out what goes on. There's still a lot of coordinator positions open in the NFL. Now Philadelphia, of course, has two that they're looking to fill, but Washington has an offensive coordinator position to fill. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs may have one very, very soon as Eric Bieniemy may be looking to move on from under the shadow of Andy Reid. So we'll see what ends up happening here. Do you like either of these hires, Big J? Do you like one more than the other? I don't know anything about him. Uh, see, to that's, be honest with you, right? I mean, it's hard. All I, all I know is Eric Bieniemy isn't one of those names as a head coach, and that just baffles me. It is point. very strange. Uh, he, the, 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 I was looking at the numbers this morning. Eric Bieniemy has uh, interviewed with 17 teams for their head coaching position and hasn't secured a single one. So uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it is very, very strange. Uh, but, you know, if I'm a fan of either of these two teams, it's very difficult, I think, to get excited about these particular hires considering they're kind of really one-year wonders so far. And I don't know if there's anything really tangible there. That and that seems to be into. super popular. It do- Well, I mean, yes, buy, yes, buying into the hot hand is certainly 
the popular thing. Go, but the other part of it is, I mean, it used to be coaching tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. It used to be find yourself connected to somebody that's a successful head coach and buy into that. And maybe Nick Sirianni is at that point right now after two successful years as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. But, I mean, I still feel like it's a little bit of a stretch. I would rather have somebody that's had a little bit more success underneath their own tenure than uh, than that. But there's not a lot of that out there anymore. I don't anymore. know. Somebody who's been an o- offensive coordinator for uh, a, a player who's got two MVPs. <laughs> right. Right. Couple Super Bowl rings. Yeah, but you know what? I and mean, the tutelage under Andy Reid. You Those would are think. pretty good things you'd think would be a pretty good way to go. You would think. You're absolutely right. I do not know why Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a coaching job. I don't know. Uh, and he ain't talking. So we're not going to get any clear answers anytime soon. Derek Carr is a free agent. The Raiders released him yesterday, saving $40 million off of his contract that he they would have had to pay them, and also clearing about $29 million in cap space. Of course, he is going to take up about $11 million in dead cap space for the Raiders this year, but they want to move on from Derek Carr. He did not want to be traded, so now he can go wherever the hell he wants to go, and we'll see where that is. Of course, uh, he's been in the league since 2014, and moving on at this point to maybe New Orleans, to maybe Carolina, to maybe uh, Indianapolis, to maybe New York. Who knows? He'll have his pick of the litter, I'm guessing. We don't know much about Deadpool 3 other than some details that have been released in the last 24 hours that are very interesting. We know, of course, Hugh Jackman's reprising his role as Wolverine. Uh, and now, according to Kevin Feige, it's going to definitely be rated R. Yeah! We have a release date, September 6, 2024. And now we have the big bad, Big J. Uh, somebody I'm sure you've never heard of before, but uh, fans of The Crown may be familiar with her work. Her name is Emma Corrin. She is the star of the Netflix series The Crown, and she has been cast as the main villain in Deadpool 3. What character she will be, I don't know could be uh, all sorts of different things and we also don't know if there's any other reoccurring characters from the other Deadpool movies that are coming back Uh, but we will see I'm sure when Ryan Reynolds wants us to see because he's very good at marketing and getting the word out when there's something to do so so I'm sure the second he has any kind of footage or trailer we will see it as soon as possible but they haven't even started filming yet They've just started talking about the foundation of it, and they will start filming soon, as now the cast is starting to come together. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. After with Nick and Big J. Yeah, and here's where we battle it out, and you win. You win tickets to Static X. They're coming to town to the Rev Center. Going to be a hell of a show, so we'll get you set up with those tickets uh, here. If you can beat me, Pop Culture Smackdown. Tickets are available for you to purchase at xrock.com if you're looking for tickets to buy. But if you want them for free, right now would be the time to get on the phone and play a game called Pop Culture Smackdown. Our phone number never changes. It's always 208-287-1003 if you'd like to play. Big J, today is Matt Groening's 69th birthday. Oh, Matt. Little Matty Matt. So today we will do, be doing Simpsons Trivia, one of Big J's favorite television shows. So we'll see how you do in this particular battle of wits. Hello, the X. Good morning. Good morning, sir. What's your name? Brandon. Brandon, you're up first. Brandon, what is the name of the bar that Homer Simpson frequently drinks at? Most. That is absolutely 100% correct. Well played. Right. You're taking on Big J. Big J, The Simpsons got their TV start on a show hosted by what comic on Fox? Tracy Ullman. That is absolutely correct as well. Right. Back to you, Brandon. What's the name of The Simpsons' friendly neighbor? Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders is correct. Right. Big J, what character's catchphrase is ha-ha? Uh, that would be... See, I start to think about it. 
Uh, Martin. No, I'm sorry. It is not Martin. Martin is the nerdy one. Uh, that is not what you're going for. So, unfortunately... I can't, I can't think of his name. You lose. Give uh, me just the, the first letter of his name. N. Nelson. Nelson. Right. Nelson Munz is the person who has the catchphrase. Ha ha. That's what everybody was doing to me when I got that wrong. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, did you, would you have known that one had I thrown it to you, sir? Oh, yeah. I've been watching Simpsons since I was, uh, I think, in third grade when it came out. Very nice. Good job, Brandon. You, congratulations. You're going to go check out Static X at the Rev Center coming up on the 3rd of March. Hang on one second. We will make sure you're good to go. Do you want to hear my other Simpsons yeah, sure. questions? Uh, where do the Simpsons relocate to in Simpsons the movie? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, no, That's really? It's been a long time. Uh, Alaska right. is where the Simpsons moved to. Uh, Big J, the Simpson. What Simpsons family member is it named after one of Matt Groening's actual relatives? Bart. Bart is correct. Right. That's an anagram for Brett, by the way. There are 33 cities in the United States with Springfield in the actual title, but Matt finally admitted the Simpsons live in what state? Big J. Illinois. That is incorrect. Iowa. Incorrect. Wrong. Indiana. Incorrect. Wrong. Maryland. Incorrect. Wrong. What if I said it was pretty close to us? I, Idaho. Huh? No, that Wrong. would be us. Wyoming. No. Wrong. Utah. Nope. Montana. Wrong. Nope. Wrong. Arizona. Wrong. Tennessee. Wrong. Oregon. Right. Springfield, Wrong. Oregon. Uh, that is where Mac Ronan grew up, and therefore that is where the Simpsons live. Uh, Big J, uh, what is what iconic Simpsons catchphrase made its way into the Oxford Dictionary back in 2001? Eat my shorts. Eat my shorts is no. Cowabunga. No. Wrong. Damn. I don't know what. Doe. Right. Doe. Homer Simpson's doe is officially in the Oxford Dictionary. Well, uh, there's your Simpsons trivia. Uh, A little bit of a struggle there towards the end with Big J, but it's the morning after with Nick and Big J. We will do a run of headlines. They're happening next on the X Rocks. The morning after with Nick and Big J. Headlines brought to you by Team Mazda and the pre-owned Superstore. Big, new, and used auto sales event happening this weekend at the Caldwell Event Center for President's Day weekend. If you're looking for a newer used car, make sure you head out there. No payments till June. Zero down. Payments starting at $179 a month. Oh, and by the way, Big J out there broadcasting live on Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. So your chance to win something from the X while you're there as well. Again, the Caldwell Event Center this weekend for the big new and used auto sales event with 100.3 The X and Team Mazda and the pre-owned Superstore. Headlines are as follows. Big J, plan ahead. Start saving now and nostalgia reigns. Plan ahead. Uh, We tried to tell you to make sure you're ready for Valentine's Day, but for those of you that waited last minute, boy, howdy, did it cost you, especially if you wanted to go the flowers route yesterday. Now, it's bad around these parts. Like, you could pay upwards of anywhere from $120 to $140 for a dozen roses if you could find them. But the number one place to be the worst place for the last-minute gifts was London, Big J. As at the Liverpool Street Station, uh, you could buy a bouquet of roses for $460 American dollars. It was 385 pounds. And uh, the prices were posted on the internet yesterday, and the cheapest bouquet were about 200 pounds. That's the equivalent of about 260 American dollars. 
So uh, I'm sure, at least you hope, that if you went ahead and waited till the last minute and spent that much money, the uh, significant other in your life would appreciate it. But if I would hope also, in some weird way, that if you spent that much for roses, uh, that the person you're with would leave you just on principle. But uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Apparently, uh, you know, if you're paying as much for flowers as you do your mortgage payment, I guess that means you love somebody. Yes, Big J? Or you did something real wrong. Correct. That's why it's important to plan ahead. Buy those flowers in advance. Save yourself some money in the long run. Start saving now or nostalgia reigns. Nostalgia reigns. Uh, it's a very popular thing, and apparently all it takes is a little bit of a nudge in the reminding direction to make yourself some money. Uh, I'm sure by now you are familiar with the last Blockbuster video store in Bend, Oregon. Yes, Big J? Blockbuster video. Wow. What a difference. Uh, but, of course, uh, they did try to make a Netflix show out of it, and they canceled that after one season. So the show didn't work, but you know what did? A Super Bowl commercial in Oregon for the Blockbuster video because... They have seen their prices, and basically what they do now, they don't rent videos so much anymore. There's a few there, but really what it is, it's a place for you to buy nostalgic Blockbuster video merchandise and like a bunch of things that say, I was at the last Blockbuster video. But they have seen their uh, actual sales increase by well over 250% just in the last couple of days thanks to the Super Bowl commercial. So sometimes you just need a reminder that that thing is there and you're ready to go. Uh, all of the sales are coming mostly online, but uh, sweatpants, trucker hats, any kind of clothing, very popular right now at the old Blockbuster video in Bend, Oregon. And oh, by the way, you don't have to be in Oregon to buy this stuff. You can go to their online store and purchase it if you want Blockbuster video sweatpants. Big Just reminding you that that's a thing. Thanks, man. Uh, did you partake in Blockbuster video a lot, or were you another video store fan? Uh, no, yeah, definitely went to Blockbuster on the regular. You did? For sure. Where were the Blockbusters around here? Uh, let's see. There was one right up here on uh, on Milwaukee, right where the Five Guys is. Uh-huh. Used to be there. Um, uh, let's see. There was... Is that the one you would go to? Yeah, that's that's the one that was closest to where I lived at the time. Um, as far as the other, there was one on State Street, which was... Uh, like right by there's a Smoky Mountain Pizza and Pasta over there in that little strip mall area. So all blockbusters are now restaurants. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, here, believe it or not, I never had a blockbuster video card only because I would go to the. I worked for another video store. That was a big reason why. Yeah. And before I got into radio, that's what I did. I worked at a lot of video stores. So I had uh, when I lived in Wisconsin, I was a Planet Video uh, card member holder. That's where I worked. And then uh, when I lived in Arizona, I also worked at the Fry's grocery store and managed the video department there so I would get my videos from the grocery store. Remember when they used to have video sections at grocery stores as well? That's yeah. uh, how I would partake. But however you did, if you want a little bit of blockbuster nostalgia, it is still there waiting for you. And we'll wrap things up with Start Saving Now. The cost of a dozen eggs have gone through the roof, Big J. And now officially, for the first time in United States history, Big J, a dozen large grade A eggs cost more than a pound of beef. Uh, the average cost of a, a dozen grade A eggs, $4.82. Average price for a pound of beef, $4.64. So that's the first time it's happened. Of course, this is happening across the United States of America, but it's also very costly throughout the world. We're not the only place in the world playing more for uh, the actual eggs than anywhere else. But because of the uh, most of the eggs come from the United States, especially in that particular side of things, the uh, the bird flu and all this kind of stuff, 
has caused a really big deal. It's a global bird flu pandemic, which is why it's part of the problem. It's wiped out about 100 million poultry currently. But several U.S. states, Iowa, Ohio, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Colorado, have suffered severe outbreaks, which is why the cost of eggs is so high. Now, for the first time ever, more than meat, Big J. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on everything you need to know, at least currently. Allison Chains, them bones here on the morning after with Nick and Big J, and everything is improving, right, my friend? Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I, I mean, I, I'm ignorant in this fact, and, and you know, uh, I don't know how to make beer. Not a lot of people do. <laughs> And and so, or even the process and how it's made, that sort of thing. We, I mean, we've taken tours, uh-huh. you know, and I'm still like, huh, what's going on? You put stuff in a vat, and I don't know how that works. But this, to me, sounds like a terrible idea, but apparently it, it could be a good thing. Uh, East Village Brewing Company, they're in San Diego. Uh, they are making beer, Nick, with air conditioning condensa- condensation. Like the water that drips off of air yes. conditioners? So they're collecting water from air conditioners at the San Diego International Airport. Ugh. Then they're purifying that water. Okay. And then turning that water into two special beers. An IPA called Hoppy Travels and a German-style Pilsner called Pre-Flight Pills. <laughs> okay. So smart branding, I think, there. Sure. Yeah, tie it into something somehow, some way. Where you got it from is fine. I mean, listen, if it's purified, it's fine. Technically, we're all drinking purified gross water as well whenever sure. we're drinking something. So. Now, I, apparently, it's a win-win because you've got uh, all the water, for, or, uh, all those air conditioners at the airport are being reclaimed, the water from it. Uh, so that's... The water isn't going to waste, and the footprint there for the brewery is much smaller, which is a great thing. Uh, And apparently, it's good for, at least according to this, uh, for brewers, because the base of it is a very, you know, there's no flavor whatsoever. So it's, you know, it's it's a, a... blank slate sure they can do whatever they want with it that makes sense creative way to reduce our water footprint says says east village brewing and i guess here is my ignorance towards how air conditioning works i guess with modern air conditioners i wonder if there is that kind like i remember growing up and having like the window air conditioners of course the water dripping off of that that's where the condensation i would think i wonder if it produces the same amount or more or less with the current air conditioners and things that we have in our homes that kind of run with you know the way that it works central air as it were as opposed to the air conditioners and then that being said if the answer is there's not nearly as much in central air as there are in other words is the san diego airport just running on window air conditioners i don't know no i i I, yeah that i don't know i'm sure that that's condensation obviously is something that comes off of uh (laughs) or it comes some other way huge huge uh air conditioning units uh maybe they use swamp coolers that those are things as well that i highly doubt that would be very efficient and uh i'm sure that they have a modern air conditioning well, there's lots. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, in Arizona, there's a ton of swamp coolers in a lot of different places, especially big buildings. So maybe in that part of the country, it wouldn't shock me if it were happening. But if you want to try your own air conditioned water drinks, I guess you'd have to go all the way to San Diego to get yeah, it. Yeah, right? or do it at home and right out of your swamp cooler. Do you then put it through a Brita? There's lots. There's lots of of home brewing kits out there. You can experiment yeah. with all sorts of dirty water if you want to. Just don't bring it around these parts. Tell you what.
I try. Yeah, because when you say, hey, this beer's made with air conditioning condensation, and you're like, huh? What? No, yeah. I don't want that. Just tell me it's made from purified water. I'll feel a lot better about it. And then Fact. call it whatever funny name you want to yeah, call don't it. tell me anything. Just give me the damn beer. Right. Because the, the more I think about what's in it, the less I'm likely to have it. So just tell me it's delicious and that it's good and then it's made with pure, clean ingredients, and I'll probably believe you because there's a certain amount of trust that goes into anything you eat or drink no matter what it may be, if you think about it really long and hard enough. But yeah, we don't need to know how every single sausage is made if we're getting down to the uh, nitty-gritty of it all. Yeah, no kidding. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We got ourselves some bad impressions. They're happening next to the X-Rocks. Big J. And Bad Impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. More than just Subaru, they're the Idaho Center pre-owned Superstore. And we have tickets for you. Hook you up with some tickets to the Red Knot Chili Pepper, some tribute action happening this Saturday night at the Knitting Factory. So get your rear end out for free. Have a great time and celebrate some Chili Peppers music with a friend and a whole bunch of friends at the Knitting Factory. All you need to do to get these tickets is to figure out Bad Impressions. Our phone number is 208-287-1003 and Bad Impressions works like this. Big J has prepared three clues. They revolve around somebody pretty famous. If you can figure out who that famous person is in those three clues or less, then congratulations. Concert time for you on Saturday. To the phones we go. Hello, the X. Oh, no! Oh! Hello, the X. Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? Good morning, sir. What's your name? Jerry. All right, Jerry, you're up first. Jerry, this is a fictional character, okay? Okay. I was bitten by a radioactive spider. Spider-Man? Here you go. Jesus, that was quick. Good job, what Jerry. What a done, baby! Congratulations. Hang on one second. Yeah. Although, to be fair, it couldn't have been a lot of other people. So, uh, hang sure. on one second. Then you will be good to go right. there. What were clues two and three for uh, fun? The version of my Aunt May in Marvel Cinematic Universe might be too hot. And the name I was born with, Peter Parker. Not my superhero name, though. Rest in peace. And why is uh, Spider-Man in the news? Listen, if you uh, have a, a superhero movie uh, and it's popular and interesting, uh, people want to copy copy that and so now amazon is moving forward a live action spider-man noir series nick that makes variety. sense that makes sense so and uh, much like the origins of batman being uh you know really a detective story guess what so is spider-man apparently uh, in fact there was a comic version set in 1933 uh and that's pretty much where this is kind of coming from and uh, we'll see how that goes. So now, in uh, 2018, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Nicolas Cage actually voiced the uh, Spider-Man for the, the noir part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are like, hey, could he be returning Spider-Man? I don't know about that. Is it, so, is it going to be an animated series or is it going to be a live action series? Have uh, they stated? That, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't say if it's going to be. It might be. It would have to be animated, I would think. There's no way that Marvel would allow a live-action anything to be on Amazon, right? That can't be a thing. It has to be animated. It's probably from the Spider-Verse people, to be perfectly No, it's live-action. It is? Yes, How yes. did they get the rights to that? I, I do not know. Well, that but... can't be good. Anything that's Spider-Man adjacent uh, so far, at least in my opinion, be it uh, Venom or Morbius, has not been very good. That's live-action. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, no. But yeah, Nick Cage uh, might be a little bit old for that particular role if it's live action for sure. But that seems uh, insane to me. But I'm sure uh, some people may like it. Uh, that I imagine is coming soon. No release date issued just yet. Nope. Yeah. Morning after with Nick and Big J. We will wrap up this show here next on the X Rocks. <laughs> 
That is new Lincoln Park, new old Lincoln Park. Technically, it's called Lost here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. And that's how we're going to wrap up our Wednesday show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Big J did approve the movie Amsterdam, which you selected for him to watch as part of Streaming Dumbass. If you would like to watch it yourself, it is available for you to check out on HBO Max. We also went over the rules of drug running and what you should and shouldn't do. So now you have a full list courtesy of listening to the show this morning. Thank you very much for that. And we also had a chance to talk about beer as well as Airbnb. So we were busy this morning. That leaves you with the floor, Big J. Yeah, just uh, one last gripe here. Uh, the In 2021, the annual revenue for the NFL was like $17 billion, Nick. And uh, you've got 113 million people watching uh, the Super Bowl. Maybe spend a little bit of that money on a good field to play on. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the Arizona Cardinals field, though. That's sure. not the NFL's field. I think they thought it was going to be okay, but it certainly wasn't. But the weird, the most unruly thing about it is people have been complaining about that field since week one. And they still yeah. decided to go with what it was. And that seems like an egregious, egregious And mistake. it's cool because, you know, you know, well, whatever it's called now. I don't know. What is the stadium called now? I don't even know. So, you know, that whole field rolls out of the stadium and uh, they can do whatever to it. It's very interesting and cool, but you'd think, you know, they would have it right by now. I mean, that's only been like 10, 15 years old, but that stadium. then you wouldn't have the conspiracy theories that the NFL planned this because everybody was bitching about turf. And so the way that the NFL goes, see, you want grass on your field so yeah. people don't well, get hurt? This other, is what happens. There's other grass fields that don't have this issue, though. I know, but it seems like the Super Bowl always does because it's... It's always higher traffic than the others, and the halftime show takes up the whole field, and everybody complains about that, too. So yeah, you don't win no matter what, I guess, is the point, unless you play on turf and then you blow out your knee. So choose your choose your weapon. Next set of X-Rock brought to you by Beacon Plumbing for tank and tankless water heaters, clogged drains, leaky faucets, toilets that aren't flushing. Stop freaking and call Beacon. Beacon Plumbing, Heating and Mechanical, your trusted plumbing source, online at beaconplumbing.com. That's it for us. We will see you guys tomorrow. Jason Drew's up next. Have a good one. ZX Rocks. The Morning After Podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.